1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: All right, welcome back. Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson with you. And as promised, our pleasure to talk to the Athletics' Ben Standing, Athletic DC. He is... The Washington football team beat reporting and follow him at Ben Standig on the Twitter. Ben, good evening to you.
0: What's up, Scotty? How
2: are we doing? Good, buddy. Good. Good to uh, good to have you on. I know you were uh, out there today sweating uh, in the humidity and the heat of, of Ashburn. Um, what uh, I know that we've discussed this a little bit in the past, but were, were you surprised Steve Sims Jr. was the next one to fall today, or did you, did you think that was about the right timing for it?
0: Yeah, I think they did him a solid, similar to what they did with Kelvin Harmon last week. I mean, you go from the moment that they, you know, signed Curtis Samuel, signed Adam Humphreys, added DeAndre Carter as a possible punt returner, draft De'Ami Brown, draft Dax Milne. Plus, you have Terry McLaurin, Cam Sims, Antonio Gandy, Golden. It, it, it felt like Harmon and Sims were kind of, you know, if to use a poker analogy, you know, drawing dead. Um, from the start with Sims had at least a little more wiggle room because of the punt return situation, and I feel like they did give him, at least in practice, some of those opportunities. And he did, he did start off nicely in camp, I thought, as a receiver, but ultimately, uh, you know, it just felt like things had kind of bogged down a little bit, and he just, you know, there just wasn't much of a chance to, to improve, and, it was, you know, Milne has had a pretty good uh, training camp. Carter's done some decent things, and I think they just were like, hey, We can kind of see where this is going, so we're gonna we'll cut you free to to give you a shot to sign on elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Carter to me, I mean, with the returns in particular, I mean, he's really flashed in the games, and obviously in practice is one thing because you don't really tackle anybody. You know, there's not real punt returns or kickoff return setups, um, you know, per se because it's not live. But when you see him in the games, you can see why uh, it made Steve Sims expendable.
0: Yeah, for, for, for sure, and um, you know, it's interesting, like Sims, it was a, I felt like was getting a lot of the first reps on punt returns in practice, but in the games, it was uh, Carter, and at some level, I think a, a pretty good sign, I, I do wonder, you know, it's been a big question this whole time, six receivers is sort of the norm, I feel like, in terms of how many you're going to keep, but like, yeah. if you're going to keep a returner, one of these returners is pretty much a, a receiver, so you probably have to keep seven, I would think, if you're going to keep Gandy Golden, and you know, I think Dax Milne has really just continued to to improve. He had some nice, he had a really good, uh, nice, a really good day today. I thought in practice uh, catching passes. He had a nice uh, diving catch on a sort of a uh, never an out route, but a play near the sidelines from Fitzpatrick. And uh, you know, he's shown he can at least deal with the power terms to some degree. So uh, I think they've got an interesting decision there between him and Carter for the seventh spot if it comes down to that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think all, all these things. It's just wild how two years ago Kelvin Harmon was starting and people were excited By the way Steven Sims ended the year, and now they're both cut yeah. and not in a way that you think they made a mistake. They have a lot more depth at that position, and uh, you know, they, they moved on accordingly.
2: All right, Ben Stead of the Athletic D.C. with us here on uh, overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, so you interestingly, and now and I know everything's changed. This was what you did, I want to say, it was the 18th, right? So five days ago, almost a week ago, you put out your final 53. You had not only seven wide receivers, you also had four running backs. Uh, have you had a change of heart about either one of those?
0: Well, uh, No. But, yes, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the problem is, like, so, for example, today, Rivera was asked what players have sort of stood out to him yeah. uh, during the two preseason games. He starts rattling a few off, including Troy Apke and Torrey McTire. I had McTire on my, um, my 53, but I only had five cornerbacks because it, I'm playing the game of who do you think can clear waivers, not who's actually going to yeah. be available for you when you face the charges, you can put some guys on IR with the new practice squad rules. You have more of an expanded roster anyway. So if guys can clear waivers, you put them on the practice squad, you can protect them there. You have an expanded roster beyond that. But like, you know, if you're going to mention Troy Apke, he mentions even a guy like Isaiah Wright. And that's a, the emphasis there is a special teams component. So you can't keep all these things. You can't have six corners. You can't have five safeties. You can't have nine on the defensive line or 10 on the offensive line and keep four running backs, seven receivers and even three quarterbacks. So, at the moment, my answer would be no, and it was notable that Antonio Gibson was given the short yardage opportunities mm-hmm. in that game um, the other day. Uh, if he had done well, maybe it would be different. Maybe I would be feeling like Barber was more in trouble because I think Patterson's the third guy. So, um, so yeah, the answer is no, but, I, but I'm going to be spending whew, time wondering how do I get a six-cornerback on here or, you know whether it's Afki or somebody else or what you know where else do, can i move things around to get somebody on and that's the game that they're playing i mean that's the whole point of all this and a lot of it is who do you think can clear waivers and who don't you think clears waivers
2: yeah i just boy i just haven't you know and i look i defended barber a lot last year i he just hadn't you know he looks better i just don't see it i mean i just haven't seen it in the games and maybe you say oh, well, it's opportunity it always feels like we're saying the same stuff about him but I just think you could cut him and be fine, and you could and if you could put him on your you know you can have six guys that have more than two years experience in your practice squad. So you know technically he could be a veteran on the practice squad, correct? or am I misreading that? Like yeah, L- no, Lamar I Miller was on the practice I, squad I, last year, right? I mean, Lamar Miller was in the practice squad last year. Jonathan Williams could be on your practice squad. I mean, you could cut him and I mean nobody's knocking the door down for this guy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> whereas Jared Patterson, I mean, being a young guy, you're not gonna screw with that. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna keep him. But I mean, to me, you know, you could keep three backs and and you know, not even blink twice about it and have at least one or two on the practice squad. Right. Plus, like whenever
0: Curtis Samuel comes back, um, or, or starts practicing you know they're going to use him out of the backfield on some snap yeah. each game at least based on what's happened what he's done in his career so that's even another guy and like for me like all along i've not been i've been having Pitt barber as the third running back by pencil because to me it's like my my my, my theory is that if gibson were to miss games like he did last year with the toe issue who is taking the early down yeah, I get it. J.D. McKissick can do those things, but you have to change your offense. He's not running between the tackles. So who is taking the essential run that you're going to do? Can I tell you who it is? Do that.
2: It's thirty-five. It's thirty-five. Yeah, Yeah, it's thirty-five. He he can do that. I mean, it's rookie running backs again. Mike Shanahan. You know, this is the one thing I always say. Mike Shanahan shed the light on it. I agree with it. This is where he's innovative. He showed you you don't have to overspend on running backs. You don't have to take in the first round. I mean, Ryan Terrain. I mean, you know the people that were here. I mean, you saw him do it in Denver. I mean, he just he could manufacture running backs if you if you if you know what you're doing. And look, this kid's got something. I mean, this kid's not a he's no joke. I mean, people messed up. They should, you know, he should have been on a, he should have been on a draft board or taken out of draft.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. That's why I had him on my
0: 53 before this game, um, because my sense was that exactly what you just said, that there, the the view was he is, um, he, the, the team did mess up. They paid him like a guy they drafted. He basically had the same contract as Dax Milne to some degree. Um, you know, and, uh, they, they, they liked him. He's done well. And yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't know what he is ultimately because, you know, they, they Rivera's mentioned Darren Sproles. and, you know, yeah. obviously I have to get his size. I don't know realistically on third and fourth and one. <laughs> if I want Darren Patterson trying to break the line, but at the same point, I also, Peyton Barber's situation is so limiting that I just don't know that's the case. So I, I, like, it, it, it's definitely my, like, if we were ranking the 53 players. Barber being there was, the shakiest of them all, and like I said, when you have a situation like, you know, I know people make fun of Taraschy, but he's had a pretty good camp switching the corner. Yep. His special, if you view him not as he a fourth better. round pick you drafted, who who if, who you drafted as a safety and that did work, but you as hey, he's sort of like a DeShazer ever. He's a really good special teams player who we think can help us at, at, in a pinch at corner. That's that that's a guy you covet, right? But so view it from those terms, not that just got bombed as a fourth round pick. Fine, we've moved on. It's a sunk cost. He can't help you. And it doesn't have to be him. Maybe it makes sense to keep. I originally had 10 offensive linemen with David Sharp being one. You don't give away tackles that can start. He played some games last yeah. year. They traded for him. But, you know, you can't keep everybody. And this is uh, this is the point. Same thing with the defensive line. Uh, you know, there's a lot of young linemen behind Young and Sweat. Do you want to keep any of them? Or do you want to just, you know, not? So, uh, that, that, you know, you want to keep you know, as many of them as you can or not. So that's uh that's the whole point here.
2: All right, uh Ben Stanley, the Athletic DC with us here on overtime on one oh six seven. The fan Scott Jackson here with you until nine tonight. All right, let me let me throw this at you. How how concerned uh are you watching this first team offense? I mean, again, this is preseason. We all know that nobody game plans for anybody. They're not you're not running red zone stuff that they'll run of the season. There's no Curtis Samuel, but you know the other defense, the other side, they're playing vanilla defense as well. I mean, how much uh, of this should people be concerned about? With you know Fitzpatrick the other night, almost looking a little jittery, you know, kind of missing some some balls. He had people open. He was going the right place. He just flat out missed throws.
0: Um, you know, yeah, it's hard for me to get overly worked up for all the uh, obvious, like you said, there's no game plan happening here. You know, Curtis Samuel's still not out there. Uh, You know, it is the preseason. You know, you can't get worked up too much. That said, you know, I mean, the big question we all had, I think, coming into the season was, can the offense do enough to, you know, be a complement to what looks to be a potentially dominant defense, and the answer is on paper the answer should be yes because of all the pieces they've added and fitzpatrick is a, a certainly an, uh, an upgrade over what they had last year just from an aggressiveness standpoint he obviously played well the last couple of years but he is uh, the same guy that has bounced around as much as he's had um you know we've seen some really good throws in practice in his games, and then we've seen some throws where you're like oh boy where, where was that <laughs> so, and there were a couple of those misfires today we're just like you know whatever nobody's perfect but like they weren't really that close and you know, far be it for me to say well, what happened on that play, or what, you know, I, we'll, we'll have to see when the games uh, get 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 going here. But yeah, so I'm not concerned because there's just you know that they're not showing anything, they're not showing anything close to what's going to be happening in, in the real start time. But at the same point, yeah, you know, it would be good to to start going. And, and like I said, this is my wonder with with Curtis Samuel is. He is such an interesting component. I'm not saying he's the most important player on the offense. When you have McCorn and you have Gibson and maybe even Logan Thomas, but he's the guy who's going to be moving around the most. Yeah. And brought him in to provide this speed, this playmaking element, and hopefully they get what they paid for. Uh, you know, again, not saying that they won't, but it would be nice to see him out there practicing. And they haven't felt that he's ready to go yet, so we may go all the way through the preseason without seeing him on the field. And you know, in terms of at least getting off to a good start, I think that's going to be tough. And again, when you look at the schedule. Getting off to a good start is going to be pretty important because the first nine games, you know, or you know, uh, you know, nine ten games are you know pretty challenging.
2: Yeah, no, there's definitely some challenges there uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, and I wonder too if at this point, I mean, I don't think there's any chance we'll see him Saturday unless he were to practice tomorrow. Maybe he could, you know, be they could do it, but. Uh, you know, because they know him, because they've worked with him, if there's not really a concern to get him in a preseason game, you know what I mean? because they know what he can do and they figure that you know Fitzpatrick and him can get in it to a rhythm uh, you know in these practices, especially once they they shut the doors in the media here in a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we 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 get to see everything for the next few, a few more days and then after that. Um, we're like uh, Kay Cor- <laughs> Corleone at the end of The Godfather. The door starts to close <laughs> on us, and we don't, we don't right. get to see what's in the in, in the room. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I get it. I mean, this coaching staff knows this player, and I'm sure they're not concerned from that perspective. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has played with basically every football player who has ever lived, so he should be able to figure that out. And I, I you know, again, I, I have, you know, I, I like Scott Turner's system. I think they'll do, they'll do a good job. And when you look at all the pieces on paper, if you can have McCorn, Samuel. Pick your third receiver, Deami Brown, yeah. Humphrey Sim, Cam whatever. With Logan Thomas, with Gibson, boy, that that is a massive difference from where we've been looking at this offense the last couple of years. So I, I think it could be super interesting, and then it's just a matter of you know, does the Fitzpatrick roller coaster ride have more uh, you know thrills and chills? I guess. Uh, yeah. But we'll we'll you know I mean I I, I just can't sit here and say. I can definitively tell you one way or the other, and, and that's where. So when you say how concerned am I, I'm like, yeah, I'm not concerned. I just still don't know what exactly to make of everything.
2: Do you think the left tackle position's locked for um, Charles Leno the third?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I don't think there's been too much of a question there. I mean, uh, you know, the big question was the right side, but then when Cornelius Lucas hits the hits on hits the COVID list right out of camp. Yeah. Cosme, you know, got through some of his early um, hiccups and and has done a pretty solid job. And you know, having having uh, Lucas as there as a swing tackle who can play either side is a good place to be. But you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to put Leno the Jacoby lachey Trent Williams uh, no. camp. No, definitely not. Yeah. But you know, but, <laughs> but it looks like you know he should be he should be a a solid guy. And, and look, that's also you know another component of this is seeing these you know uh, seeing the, the whole offensive play um you know work in concert once we get going i mean i mentioned all the playmakers and all that's true but you know the, ironically enough the offensive line is maybe arguably perhaps down from what was a couple of years ago when you had yeah. trent williams um you know there and uh you know but we'll see i mean there's reasons to be optimistic with that group as well so you know no no knock but uh yeah, I mean, I think because I, look, I think probably all my answers here are to some degree of saying it's been three weeks of training camp. I'm kind of yeah. over it. It would be nice to see <laughs> some real stuff. I, I, yeah. I, think that, I think the coaching staff feels the same, and preseason is only to get you so far. Um So, but we'll see. also, all, you know, maybe we'll see if they give a uh, more of a full throated effort here. Um, in terms of everything, game plan, how how much guys are going, and so on. I mean, obviously they're not going to show tip their hands too much to the Chargers. Sure. But even if it's just very basic plays, you know, ha, you know, ha, how well can they execute them? And, you know, getting in the end zone wouldn't hurt.
2: No, that would never be a bad thing. Just for people's, you know, peace of mind for the next two weeks before the, the real thing. Um, all right, Ben. Well, as always, appreciate your time. At Ben Standig on the Twitter. You can also, um, you know, read him, obviously, on the Athletic D.C., Uh, If you already do not have a subscription, I recommend that you do it. You should you should get on it right now because he's going to have all of your uh, coverage. Now, tomorrow is it five cuts or four? Yeah, they have they 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 need to cut the five.
0: Today was uh, was Sims was just about opening up a space for David Sharp, so yeah, they still have to get down five more to go. Um, You know, I will see. I mean, I would be I guess I'd be surprised if there was a total surprise cut in here, but. You know, the, the, you know, you know, with injuries, you know, happening in the preseason game to go, I think you want to keep keep, keep your options open. Uh, yeah. But like I said, with these receivers, even if they have some injuries, they still have a, more depth, and that's why I think they could probably move on from these guys.
2: All right, Ben, enjoy the night, uh, and we will talk to you soon, man. Take care,
0: Scott. I always appreciate it, man. Too.
2: All right, see ya. See you out there in the heat this week. All right, I've been standing on Twitter. Uh, the Athletic D.C., the uh, man who covers uh, the Washington football team for them. All right, um, coming up, we'll, uh, we'll get into some of this stuff with, with these roster numbers. Uh, we could beat this to death for the next week until we have to. Um, we'll also get some phone calls at 800 1067 800 1067 And what did Dan Marino have to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick this morning the Sports Junkies? will talk about that as well. It is overtime here at 106.7 The Fan. Call from Mom.
3: Answer it.
4: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend
2: today. Welcome back to Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks to Ben Standig from The Athletic DC for joining us. He's writing a lot, of this, a lot of this stuff off the preseason, which I, I agree. I mean, it's... Look, people have gotten fooled a lot of times by good and bad stuff that happens in preseason. But you know, for a team that had questions on offense, I I, I understand folks' concern about what they have not seen to this point. Um, me included. I'm you know, I for, for me the running back thing. I, I don't I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, it, you know, Patterson's on the roster. I just I don't know what the big pushes, I mean, unless I'm missing something with Barber as a special team standout or something, I, I don't, you know, I think if you're looking for an extra roster spot, I mean, you keep three of those guys, if you're going to keep seven receivers, um, and maybe you don't, hey, maybe they don't keep her seven receivers, maybe they feel like they don't have to, that'll be interesting to see. Um, however, with, uh, with again, if there is any injury concern left over from, you know, what's going on with uh, with uh, Samuel, then you'd probably want to, or at least, you know, if maybe you're confident you can sneak one or two of them to the practice squad, then it's a whole, that's a whole different thing. All right. Uh, 806 We'll get the calls uh, coming up. On um, the football team, any concerns uh, still just driving you crazy after these first couple of weeks of preseason games. And, of course, they have the Ravens on Saturday. Uh, Dan Marino was on the Sports Junkies earlier today. And, of course, uh, he had a front row seat for Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, down with the Miami Dolphins over the last couple seasons uh, before, obviously, uh, signing with uh, Washington this offseason. Uh, Dan Marino gave his thoughts on Fitzmagic.
3: Well, I mean, I, I, you know, Fitz was with us for the last two years, and and I love the guy, man. I think he's an incredible uh, player for what he does and what he brings to the team. Just the excitement every day, how he works, and and you know, he's smart. He understands. He's been around, so he, you know, he's going to be a great addition for you guys, especially to, even just in the locker room and in uh, dealing with coaches. Just being, just being a professional. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Being a professional. That's that's what he is. And, I want to see him have a lot of success personally because uh, I, you know, we became friends. I love him as a player, and and you know, he hasn't been in a playoff game yet in his whole career. So I want to see him get in the playoffs and, and win a game.
2: That's crazy, by the way, to think that the guy who's played that long in many places has never been on a team that was at least in the playoffs. Even as a backup, I'm not saying he would be the, the driving force, but the guy that was you know, at least leading team to the backup. I mean, he did have the Jets, by the way, uh, one year, 10-6. Um, he was a quarterback for the Jets in 2015 when they were 10-6, but they didn't make the playoffs. Um, Miami last two years as a starter, he was... Um, 9 and 11, 5 and 8 the first year this past season obviously 4 and 3 plus he had some you know if they kept the save statistic for quarterbacks he had a couple of those last year for Tua when you know they forced two in the lineup probably before he was ready um you know and Fitzpatrick obviously came off the bench and did some good things you know he was 68% last year 68 and a half if you round up it's a 69% season his best completion percentage season ever but again that was you know 9 games played it wasn't a full season his best full season completion percentage uh, I believe you know and that's what you call it, full seasons because he, he only he's played 16 games in Buffalo twice and with the jets it' was only happened for him three times he's only been able to start and finish three seasons as a starter, you know, he was a 62% guy, which is, you know, in this day and age in the NFL, not, not good enough. So this is going to be the thing that's going to be interesting. We saw some of the inaccuracy the other night. I see what Marino's talking about just being out there with the exposure we get at practices. The players love the guy. I mean, that's not fake. I mean, he's immediately comes in there. The other quarterbacks love him. I mean, he is, you know, he's, he's a natural uh, you know a guy who can just come to a new place and fit in and have people buy it. Now is that going to translate to great season for them and for him? I don't know. Um I think you're gonna see, you know, some more big plays um certainly throughout the season than you would have you know had they you know gone the route they did last year with Alex Smith, obviously. Um you know and again if people forget, I mean, and if if it becomes the Fitz tragic story, which everybody likes to use the line for, they if they like Kyle Allen. They like Heineke. I mean, yes. Are they either any of those guys long term fixes? No, nobody's saying that. But in terms of can they go out and win games for you? Yeah, they they're they're confident they could. And obviously, both of those guys have uh, done that. Have had when they've gotten the chances. Um, well, I mean, Heineke actually played well. He just they didn't win the games, but he played well in them. Um, but you know, they they. Very similar, all of them. I mean, all the guys have a lot of similarities. You know, the you know, <laughs> they, they're not afraid. Um, the mobility is probably better with, with Taylor than the other two. Um, although, before the injury, I'll be interested to see Kyle Allen move around at some point. I really didn't get to see a whole, they didn't really let him do much of anything the other night, is if he can get back to being mobile, because that was certainly something that jumped out at you last year when he came in once they punched punch the best Haskins for him. All right, 800-636-1067, 1067 -1067. We'll get to some calls, get some other NFL to get to as well. Uh, Justin Fields in Chicago, they were chanting for him this weekend. Uh, He had a message, though, for Bears fans that was interesting. We'll get to that coming up. And uh, the NFL and COVID, it's not going away. We'll uh, talk about that, too, and your calls, 800-636-1067. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan. Eight, Chris Havery will join us from CBS Los Angeles and Chargers Chargers team reporter as well for uh, Chargers.com. Find out what's going on with them. They, uh, they kind of played possum the other night against the 49ers, or yesterday I should say. Didn't see a whole heck of a lot of anything out of that game. So I don't know if they'll treat preseason game number three any different or what they'll do, but uh, get his thoughts on where things are going. Obviously got a new head coach. They got stud Justin Herbert, who was so good as a rookie. Um you know, they've just been like one of the most snake bit teams ever for the last several seasons. So we'll, uh, we'll get all that coming up from uh, Chris here in a little bit. All right. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Um, we were talking earlier uh, with Ben standing and one of the uh, questions was when you talk about breaking down the running back room with uh, the Washington football team is okay. So you've got Antonio Gibson, you know, what happens if he's injured? You know, is it more J.D. McKissick? Uh, would you, you know, is that why you have to keep Peyton Barber on the roster? On uh, These kind of things. And I, to me right now, I mean, again, you know, things can change quickly. I, I would be confident in Jarrett Patterson. I mean, the guy, you know, you can say, oh, it's just preseason. But, again, you're, you're forgetting that he had a extremely productive college career. The guy had 52 touchdowns in two and a half seasons. Um, he was a, almost an 1800 yard rusher his sophomore year, um, at Buffalo in the Mac, which is a good conference, by the way. Um, you know, averaging almost six yards a carry last year. I think he was at, you know, that little mini miniature season. They played six games last year, the Mac. Um, he had over a thousand yards in six games. <laughs> he had 19 touchdowns in six games. Uh, he averaged seven and a half yards a carry in six games. The other thing that's impressed me about Patterson is his ability to catch the ball. And, you know, he was throwing the ball not a whole heck of a lot in college. He didn't get a lot of opportunities as a receiver in college. So, man, you know, don't overthink it. Rookies can can flourish in this league at running back, given the opportunity. We still got less, lesser skills. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously do that in 20, uh, 2012 in Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris not nearly, you know, the new way the skill set this guy does and he was sensational as a rookie very good it was good the next year too you know coaching change hurt him and you know they didn't really used him much as a you know as a receiver in the backfield it was kind of an excuse to run him off for the great matt jones um <laughs> we know how that all works um but anyway i just uh the, the patterson the patterson stuff you can believe it i that's I, it's not fake. I mean he's he's legit. And they knew it and they knew it. They they liked him a lot and he he showed it in practice and it doesn't it's not uh, it's not a big secret anymore. So you're not gonna be able to sneak in through him. Mean, he's gonna be in the fifty three, it's just the question of how do you handle him every week. And what can he do for you as a kickoff return? He looked pretty good the other night is one kickoff return too. So that was encouraging as well. When you start uh, breaking down this roster and trying to figure out, you know, how everybody makes it and who you keep active on Sundays. I really can't believe they're still doing the inactive list. I think it's really stupid at this point, especially over the last couple seasons with COVID. I, I don't understand the inactive list. It was one of the things for a couple seasons, matter of fact, I believe Bruce Allen and the Washington football team, or back then with the Redskins, were asking to uh, get changed, to get rid of the inactive list. I think they are one of the teams that was trying to get that uh, taken care of. I don't, I really think it's kind of one of those ideas that's overlived its time. And they probably could just – you should be able to dress everybody on Sunday if they're on the final 53. If you're not going to expand rosters, which they're not going to do because they don't want to pay more people, but, you know, that's, they should do that with the extra game, with 17 games, for goodness sakes. It should have been a, a no-brainer uh, when it was all drawn up uh, hurriedly this year, this past offseason. It should have been a no-brainer. But that was part of it was expanded rosters. Instead, they've done expanded, expanded practice squad, which, which is fine. But it's not the same money, obviously, uh, as it is if you're on the active roster. So kind of uh, a little chintzy on the uh, 32 billionaires part, or 31 billionaires, excuse me, Green Bay, not billionaires. All right, um, Sean Payton uh, is starting Jameis Winston tonight. He says he hopes to have a starting quarterback by next Saturday, hopes to name him by that next Saturday. So Jameis Winston's job, perhaps, to win tonight uh, in the Saints- uh, preseason game as they take on the Jags. Uh, Carson Wentz, this is crazy. Just a few weeks ago, people were f- freaking out about how the Colts needed to go back out and go make a trade, and they better hurry up. This, that, and the other. Carson Wentz believes that he's going to be able to play in Week One. He's optimistic about playing in Week One. Now he may not, but the fact that he's even close to it is pretty incredible. After um, breaking his foot, and Quentin Nelson, the guard for the Colts as well. Was back at practice today. on Ryan Kelly, so that's pretty critical for all those guys. And I think Kelly had the exact same injury or similar injury uh, as Carson Wentz did. So it's pretty wild. He's gonna be back. I, I think that was one of the better pickups in the off season. Obviously, he's healthy, because of him and Frank Reich, you know, obviously got the bet. Frank Reich got the best out of the kid when he's in Philadelphia. I don't know what the hell happened to him last year. I mean, he just him and Doug Peterson. That was ridiculous. How, that thing, how quickly that thing fell apart was, was wild. Didn't see that coming. Um, over the weekend, once again, the Bears fans and the Bears media are just ready to bench Andy Dalton before he um, ever gets to make a, a regular season start. Uh, Justin Field's got the crap knocked out of him, too, in this game. The rookie out of Ohio State who has been so good in the preseason for the most part. But he got drilled in the game against Buffalo on Saturday. But interestingly enough, the fans have been chanting, you know, in Chicago were chanting for... They booed Andy Dalton. Um, They also said, we want Fields, when he was in the field. And um, Justin Fields kind of sounded off about it yesterday, saying he thought it was disrespectful to Andy, them cheering my name like that. Just cheer him on. Um, He goes, that's not helping Andy play better, to cheer my name, that's not doing none of that because my advice to them would be to cheer whoever's on the field (laughs) I like it he's right I mean that is definitely not helping Andy Dalton Andy Dalton's not helping Andy Dalton either by the way and really the Bears they've kind of I don't know they've decided this is what they're gonna do so this is what they're gonna do right they've decided we have to play Andy Dalton at least in the regular season for a little bit before we go to the rookie there this way, it looks like you're taking it slowly. You know, this is kind of like, hey, you know, we did it right with Pat Mahomes because he didn't play right away, you know, the first year. But there are plenty of rookies who play right away. They can play, you know. I mean, Zach Wilson looks like he can play in, with the Jets, right? He, he looks like he can play. Um, you know, he, you know, Trey Lane looked pretty good yesterday. <laughs> he looked pretty damn good yesterday uh, for the 49ers. So... You know, there's some guys, you know, Trey Lance, so he could looks like he might be able to play right away. I know they're not ready to say it either. You know, some of these teams, they just, like, no, nah, i got to put the veteran a little bit and, you know, be careful with them when the shadow gets confidence. What if you have to pull him out and all this stuff? But sometimes it's better just to go and just don't put any limitations on the guys. Just say, hey, he's our guy. We're going to play him. Especially when you're picking him that high. I mean, in the case of Fields, okay, he was in the middle of the draft, sort of, top half of the middle. And in the case of – but in the case of uh, – Trey Lance, I mean, you, and granted, he has not a lot of playing experience. But you, you took him third overall, and you gave up a lot to get there. I mean, just let the kid loose. I mean, let him play and uh, see what he's got for you. They seem to be, you know, wanting to follow this playbook of, no, 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 we, we said we were going to take it slow, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean – He's got to be looking over his shoulder at every moment at this point. He knows he's not the guy. It can't be the most healthiest, healthiest situation in the world, even if he handles it the right way. I mean, to me, they, they should have tried to leverage that for all it was worth when they had the opportunity, which, you know, is over now, um, because you already showed your hand. You went out and got Trey Lance. Somebody will just wait for them to get Jimmy Garoppolo for free next year instead, instead of, uh, you know, giving up anything of any real value this season. All right, we're going to take a timeout, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. We'll get to the Chargers coming up at the top of the hour uh, with Chris Harey from CBS Los Angeles, Chargers team reporter for uh, Chargers.com as well. Get his thoughts on uh, how things have gone for them in their camp and what are the expectations in Los Angeles for the other L.A. team that plays in that mausoleum. Uh, I also also want to get some insight of that mausoleum from him as well. Uh, is of course they'll be taking the trip across country to play uh, the Washington football team on September twelfth in the opener, one o'clock kickoff. That's always tough for West Coast teams. Hopefully that'll prove to be the case then. All right, we'll get to some more uh, stuff coming up, including a tough weekend to watch baseball. Uh, when you looked around around uh, the league to see some former Nats thriving elsewhere, we'll get the Nats straight ahead here on. That eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. I want to get a little bit of baseball here coming up too, but uh, let's get to Keith in Virginia before we do. Hey, what's happening, Keith?
5: Hey, how's it going, boss? How you doing? Good. Good, buddy. I just wanted to talk on the um, topics you were saying about Trey Lance and you should just go ahead and throw him in there um, automatically. And I just don't think that that's fair to him or even right for his career, because I think the Chiefs and Andy Reid pretty much shown us the blueprint on how to take a, you know, a QB prospect coming out the first round, and you know let him grow and you know truly get the true maturation from him so you can see the best out of him. I, I haven't. Well, seen that was one.
2: That's one case, but there's other guys who played immediately and have been fine. I mean, you know, again, I mean, <laughs> that's one guy. Thought- I mean, I'm with you. I mean, the guy Justin Herbert is going to be here in a couple of weeks Played right away. we talking
5: about success, right? we talking about, like, true success. I mean, yeah. not playing all right. talking about success.
2: Well, yeah, that, he also had a good team around him. Right. I mean, they also had a great team around him, too. I mean, did they not? I mean, it's not just like it's only because he sat for a year that he became that good. He played the last game of that season, and you could tell he was better than Alex Smith at that point.
5: Yeah, and 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 that and that's why I say that Trey Lance is in in the pretty much same position as Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he has a great team around him. He even had yeah, I don't know if it's great a great team. I think they got a great
2: defense. I- I- I don't know if they have a great – I don't. they don't have the Chiefs' parts around them, but not even close. I mean, I, I think you've seen those receivers have been oversold with that team. Their running backs a revolving door every year. I mean, and they can always find a way to run the ball. But my point is, with, with Kyle Shanahan, we saw him do it with RG3. They had lesser people here as well. He was able to get them to play right away uh, and play very successfully. I, I just think, you know, this Garoppolo has not looked the part so far in a little bit – again, I know it's preseason – and clearly he hasn't shut the door on it. I mean the fact that, you know, they haven't they're not gonna say, yes for sure, Jimmy's our guy or no he's not, you know what I mean, is is interesting to me. So I, I mean look, it's gonna happen sooner or later. You could you can kick the can down the road for a week, ten weeks, whatever you wanna do, sure. but I think you just kind of like you just playing a game. I mean, to me, a lot of these coaches do this stuff to buy time. Quite frankly, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, he could play. You could you could work an offense around him, and it's going to be a different offense than Grappolo plays. It's almost like it's harder to do it when you're like doing this one offense for one guy and one for the other guy. You know what I mean? I and mean, we went through this here. We saw this here, and you know, so you yeah, said, he, so you he, he pulled it off.
5: So what you're saying is that Patrick Mahomes would have had the same success he's having now, even if Alex and this wasn't it. They would have thrown him right on in. The- I mean, he would have still had I first,
2: think yeah. I think he's that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean he might not have won the Super Bowl in year, you know, might not my won the MVP, excuse me, in year 2, but yeah, I, I think he's that kind of talent. Yeah, I do. I actually do. I mean, I mean I, you can tell me Alex Smith was great in the meetings and all this stuff. I mean, that's fine and, and I'm sure he was, but you know, I mean Pat Mahomes made Pat Mahomes who Pat Mahomes is too, okay? I mean, and Andy Reid. So, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes we get caught up in these these feel good narratives about the bench, you know, the guy on the bench who pats the guy along, and that's fine. And in some cases that is, you know, that's great. I'm sure there was some value in it, but to act like Pat Mahomes didn't help Pat Mahomes more than anybody else is kind of ridiculous.
5: Uh just just one more thing and I'm gonna let you go, boss. Yeah. Um to your to your argument. Can you name me one quarterback who actually got thrown who was a number one draft pick, mm-hmm. was was you know, had all this fame around him and actually won the Super Bowl and had success because he was thrown right in there. Just as Peyton as Manning.
2: You- Peyton Manning, I don't know. I mean, there's one Trey Aikman yeah. that won Super Bowls. I mean, there's been guys who have been number one, number ones. Yeah, yeah, there's number one, number ones that have won Super Bowls. Yeah. That have played, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not even a number one, number one. This guy's the third pick. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, Andrew Luck was having a pretty damn good career. He played right away and injuries, you know, knocked it out of him. I mean, our quarterback here was pretty damn good his first year, too, right? Was he not? And the same coach, same coach. So, anyway. Uh, same coach. But yeah, Same.
5: Um, I respect your I respect your opinion. But um, well, that's yeah, fine. No, me. you don't have
2: to agree with me. That's fine. There's different ways to do it, Keith. Thanks for the call. I just think I, I just think that these teams get caught up in these Oh, we said it in the beginning, we better not change our minds, you know, like like they're going to be like voted out for it or something, like it's an election. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, there's going to be a commercial running, like, for another coach that's, that's like, coming up in a midterm election against Kyle Shanahan. Said, Kyle Shanahan promised not to play Trey Lance in week one, but he did, you know? I mean, come on. Anyway, so I, I just, you know, play the best guy. Who's been the best guy at practice? Who's been the best guy at camp? Who, who gives you the best chance to win? Are they going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo this year? No, they're not. I would rather get this. I would just rather get the train rolling with a guy who I thought was my future quarterback. That's all. I mean, Kyler Murray played, you know, fast. You know, and it, I don't think it's hurt him. I don't think it's hurt him. You know, not. You know, it'd be great if you have, you know, Brett Favre in front of Aaron Rodgers, but everybody doesn't have that situation. You know, they don't. I mean, it's, it's not the way it is. You know, Tom Brady's story and those guys. and it's great, but. You know, it's not realistic. I mean, a lot of these guys have to play right away. That's why you took them when you took them. You only have so many years, you know, to get it right. So we'll see what they end up doing. They might change the plan that was written in stone. Same same in Chicago as well. I think you're going to see some, some people change their mind sooner or later. The fans will change your mind for you too when they start booing the other guy. And Then, then you want to be popular. Then they Then they do react to, you know, the way things are going. Alright, so on I um, guess Saturday, yes, it was Saturday. Max Scherzer pitched a really good game again, shocker, for the uh, Dodgers. What five innings? Circuit eight, give up a run. Trey Turner hit a leadoff homer versus the Dodger. Uh, and they beat the uh, they beat the Mets again. They finally lost yesterday. They had one nine in a row at one point. Um, it's weird, like watching all these gnats play in other places now. Like you're just you know watching highlights and stuff, and or watching the games, which is fine. I mean, I was happy for um, Max Scherzer to get an opportunity to win a, another World Series, and that team's loaded. I mean, you know, again they have Albert Pujols. <laughs> they can you know spot 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 him, and he's still productive. I mean, they just they've got everybody right. They they signed Cole Hamels to a minor league deal, uh, just kind of a flyer. This you know right before the right around the same time that they made all these trades to get better. I mean, Mookie Betts hasn't even played, you know, much at all this year. He's been in and out of the lineup. And they're still, you know, still tasting Giants. Giants are having an incredible season. Um, But the Dodgers are going to get in the playoffs, and they're probably going to be the favorite in 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 the National League. And they certainly deserve that based off of being World Series champions and what they've done before the trade deadline. But, I mean, they're still two and a half behind the Giants. You know, the, the Turner one's a little tougher, though. I mean, I you know, we, were, we were just talking about this during the break. I was talking to Donald, our producer, who was saying this. He goes, I don't really, you know, it's just hard to see Turner. <laughs> it's not because you don't like him or you don't want him to do what's it. this. because you know that he could still play here, you know, for many years to come, and you were hoping you would, and that's a tough one. I mean, the other guys on the one years, so you get it, got the loot you could for him. And I know they wouldn't have got the loot they got with without him in the deal, but – Still stings a little bit. Still stings a little bit. All right, we'll get the Chargers stuff coming up. I also want to find out from Chris, who lives in L.A., Chris Harry from CBS Los Angeles, where where the Chargers rank in the pecking order of the teams out there. Because they got a lot of teams right now. And really, it's the Lakers and Dodgers and everybody else. So we'll get his take on that straight ahead. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,